Hello, and welcome to Shakespeare, the official Lion Face Productions podcast where we talk about Shakespeare. My name is Chase, your mostly quiet producer. We have part two of our discussions of King Henry IV, part two. If you live in Northwest Ohio and would like to get involved with our organization, be it to act, direct, or anything else theater-related, please reach out to us at facebook.com forward slash lionfaceproductions. You can also find us at facebook.com forward slash Shakespeare and at ShakespearePod. And now, on with the show. to show everybody my very favorite Christmas present that anybody received. Okay. This oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. This is Michael dressed up as a chameleon. Because it's not about superheroes. He literally wears this thing once a day. <laughs> hey, he likes to be a chameleon, doesn't he? He likes to be that karma, 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 karma chameleon. Here's a splitting that Oh, I love, I, play, I love playing Metropolis, but... Metropolis? <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, I got him Kinetic Sand. Oh, Kinetic Sand. If, you need, if you need the bruiser to stop bruising for, like, an hour... Give him some Kinetic Sand. That kid, like... Well, he always loves the sensory bins when we get together. Yeah, and, that's like, so that's what I was thinking. I'll get him Kinetic Sand. It's kind of like the sensory bins. So, I took the whole week of Christmas off. So did I, actually. And Chris... Had originally as well, but then he switched jobs, so he only got through Christmas Day, so he had to come back, which meant I had the 26th through, like, I had Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, alone with these two children. Mm-hmm. Which is terrifying. Which is terrifying. If you have raised two boy children, it is horrifying. I was raised with two other boy children. Yeah, so, I, so I feel for I feel for Michelle more than I've ever felt for Michelle in my entire life. Yeah, you've only got two. I've only got two. She did it with three. So, we were by, all, once they started, age. like, because they were really good about, like, let's play with our toys for a while, and then let's watch some TV, and then let's go back and play with our toys, and that kind of stuff. Mom, let's do crafts, that kind of thing. But I took them to Playland once so they could run around. I saw, I saw you post something about oh going to Playland. God, Playland's the best thing in the world. It's just I bounce think, houses. Is that, a, is, that a, is that a DZ? No. A Discovery Zone? No. no? It, Playland is this <clears> barn. <throat> It's, okay. it's literally a pool barn in Sylvania. In which the people own and rent bounce houses. But at any time, they have five bounce houses set up inside this Sometimes indoor... more, yeah. yeah it's like, in this indoor space. And then they have all of the play sets they sell. Mm-hmm. They have like five play sets and five bounce houses all set up in a little toddler area as well. So you can let your kids go. You, and the there's, theory, there's chairs. There's chairs along the edge. Yeah, so, so parents can just sit down. I need to not. Let's put that beer further away from me. <laughs> you just you just sit there yeah. and you watch your kid run around like a crazy. Potentially person. injure themselves. They never do. They're always fine. Well, they're kids, so, so they they're always one step away from potentially. The best time to go was about eleven thirty, because then everybody clears out for lunchtime, and then nobody shows back up till about two. Mm. So I let the kids just go. I don't have to worry about watching them. Because there's no one else there. So I just sit there and let the kids run around like crazy people. And then I bring them home. Well, once James gets a little too, like, I'm going to crawl on top of my brother and punch him in the face. Like, God, the sensory bins. That kid sat there and played with that sand. And for this is, 
Like my oldest son, he can sit there and do a puzzle, sit on the floor. His butt time is like 30 minutes straight. He's well, he's, well, he's five. It's different. No, when he was three, he could sit there and just yeah. like do a puzzle for 20 or 30 minutes. It's fine. James doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. James is you. Yeah. So, but I put out those, the sensory men, I put out like, I get out one of my baking pans and I fill it up with that kinetic sand. He was there for an hour and 15 minutes. Unsupervised, not needing any mom or action, just playing, building, doing stuff, playing with that, that texture. He was great. It's the best thing I've ever bought them. My mom got him a trampoline like what Izzy has. Mm -hmm. He went to town on it. That's great too. She got him this little like rocky thing that it's, I don't know. It kind of looks like a curved skateboard with suction cups on the bottom. Oh, okay. So he like can rock back and forth in it because the kid is very kinetic. Like, he's a very kinetic child. Well, like I've always it's said... the sensory bins. Like I've always said, Michael looks like you, but is Chris. Yeah. Jamie looks like Chris, but Which is, is why, you. So, despite all of our bruiser talk, Michael is the hyperactive, the ADHD child. James is not. He is not a hyperactive ADHD kid. He's just three. He just wants to wreck shit. He just, well, it's not that he needs to wreck it, it's that he wants to build it, knock it down, build it again, and if you are in the way of the knock it down, build it again process, you're gonna be upset with what's going on. <laughs> Which means, well, and, 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 <clears throat> playing Legos with him is upsetting. And he's a three-year-old boy. Yeah. And, you know, there's a... Well, he's just a three-year-old in general. I think boys... Three-year-olds in general, but boys, boys... Like, I have a, I am... Have a, a little bit more of a, uh... I'm a big proponent of your gender doesn't matter, but there are certain developmental points that are different for young boys and girls. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about at that age. At the age of age. three. Because I used to, God, I used to look at you and Amy raising Izzy and I and Evie and Michael and Cole and Teddy and Michael is sitting here and like, yeah, he can do puzzles and stuff like that, but he's also like crawling the walls and chewing on front like he licked everything. Michael licked freaking <laughs> fucking everything. Ryan once comes over to me and goes, um I just saw your son lick the garage. <laughs> like he just He did too. <laughs> and I would watch My hand again licked the fucking garage. I would watch Izzy and I would watch Evie be these beautiful children who were just so well behaved. And they would come to my house, they would say please, they would say thank you, all this kind of stuff. And I think <laughs> I think Michael says please and thank you to Hannah. I don't know if he says it to you, but I, he loves he loves his aunt. Mike, Michael doesn't usually he doesn't usually come near me. He loves his aunt Hannah a lot. He yeah, talks he about does. Aunt Hannah and Izzy. Um, he was actually very surprised to find out that uh, Izzy's not actually his cousin. Um, <laughs> he's like, well, hey, hey, mom, for next Christmas, can we go spend Christmas with our other family? I'm like, uh, what do you mean? He goes, can we go spend Christmas with Aunt Hannah and Izzy? And I'm like, um. Okay, so I know we call them Aunt Hannah and Uncle Ryan, um, but they're not, they have their own family. It's not actually, we're not actually related. But he, but that's, that's he, thing. In, he in honestly, our, he honestly our, believes, though. friends, though, because of how close we have all been for as long as we have all been. He honestly believes, like, he thought that you and David, my brother, my actual brother, yeah. he thought that you were... My actual brother. That also you, your brother. Yeah, he was surprised. He's like, well, when, when's Uncle Ryan getting here? 
he thought you were going to come to Christmas because... Well, I would have loved to go spend Christmas with, with Michael, but... Like, so it, w- it was this... It was this moment, this is, and this is the first time, five years old was the first time that I had to be like, okay, so I know that we called him Uncle Ryan, um, and Aunt Hannah and Izzy, but she's not really your cousin. There was a long time where she was his sister. Yeah. And there was this long time where she was his sister and they were going to get married. That was they might, they <laughs> might still get married. I don't know. He knows. Odds are better now. Um. And it, well, now he knows she's not actually related to that. Yeah, so gates are open. Now that he knew that that was a thing before, <laughs> but um, over time it was Uncle Pat, and then it was it was Uncle Rick and Aunt Amy for a little bit. But that kind of he dropped that. I didn't drop that. Yeah. But it's always been Aunt Hannah mm-hmm. and Uncle Ryan and Izzy. So he's always believed that Ryan is my brother, and that Aunt Hannah is. The greatest it's probably ever. more believable that I'm your brother than yeah. Chris's brother. Yeah, but mm-hmm. he's always believed that Hannah, that you guys are our family, and that there's. Well, but that's so, that's also kind of part of the way we raise our kids. One, it's funny because well, and Hannah and I used to send video messages of the kids back and forth. Oh all yeah. The time. And well, and and Izzy doesn't really call Rick and Amy. Uh, you know, she'll call me Aunt Beth sometimes. But no, she'll call you that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but she doesn't really call. Rick and Amy and and her uncle either yeah. like Uncle John. Uncle John's huge for her. Yeah, and Uncle Pat. Uncle Pat, like Pat Mahood, is the uncle to all of our children. I have don't taught. Even have kids? Yet. I have taught all of my children that if I call Uncle Pat while we're in the car, your job is to scream Pat <laughs> as loud as possible. <laughs> like all right, Michael, we're calling Uncle Pat. Pat. <laughs> yes. So oh I, no, but my 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 daughter loves the two of you though as well. Yeah. She loves. It's good because Michael doesn't. No, like but Jamie me. Jamie's about some Cassie. I don't see Jamie often. Though. No, but he's like I've got no, pictures Izzy, of Izzy Jamie. Loves both of you guys. Yeah. Also, because you, be, especially because well, because Cassie it goes it goes back to you guys' wedding. Mm-hmm. I was a princess. Princess Cassie. Yeah. Princess Cassie and Chase. My my you, favorite memory you, of that day was. We were walking around getting our pictures taken in the garden, and you, Hannah, had taken Izzy out um, to run off some energy in the like play garden. Yeah. But it had been horribly rainy for like a week preceding, so there was mud everywhere. Mm-hmm. She saw me in my dress while we were taking pictures, and she starts running toward me. And Hannah like ran and scooped her up, and was like, "You are not going near Princess Cassie in your muddy clothes." <laughs> My favorite picture... There's some beautiful pictures, yeah. Yeah, of the three... My favorite picture of the three kids, mm-hmm. of the three mm-hmm. oldest, is from your wedding. In that garden. Yeah, because Michael and Evie and Izzy are all walking down this brick path, holding mm-hmm. each other's hands. It's so And there's cute. another adorable picture of them from, on the little bridge right there, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Well, I love those pictures because that is where I did the photos for... Ryan, yours and your wife's wedding too. Yep, yeah, where same, we got married. Same yep. uh, reception venue. Yeah, Super gorgeous. Simpson Garden stole Park the deal. The idea from you. Oh guys. yeah. No, it's it's awesome because you guys also wore the gray tuxes. Yes. Which yeah. I was like, I was like, Hannah and I were just like, yep, trendsetters. Yep. <laughs> trendsetters. All my friends now are asking me for paper flower templates for their weddings. Oh yeah. Like yeah. I that feel like so a trendsetter. Cute. Trendsetters. Because I've trendsetters. given I've given yeah. the template now to four. 
um, of my no, friends Simpson, or acquaintances Simpson who are getting such married. A, such a beautiful location. In it Bowling is, and, and really affordable. a place for outside for kids? Yeah. Oh. Oh, oh, no, yeah, yeah, it was super And it's like $800 for the whole day. If I just hadn't been super pregnant. Yeah. Yeah, they were yeah. about that, hey, weren't they? Next time you two get married, <laughs> next let's, time. Let's make sure I'm not nine nine months pregnant. Okay. Is that going to be an issue, you think? Oh, no, because I got my husband fixed. Mm-hmm. I got my <laughs> husband fixed. And on that <laughs> note... I should, don't have a transition. We, should maybe we stop the cold open when she's talking about neutering her husband? We're only like eleven sure. minutes okay. in. Also, first of all, it was his choice. Get your get your husband spayed and neutered. Realistically, yeah, take do the do the human thing because you put a baby in my arms and I get baby fever. Yeah, and I think it's a great idea, and I'm like, we should have another baby. And I... Babies are super cute, but I don't want anything I to do don't, with them. Yeah, I don't have the... Like, we've talked before, last episode, we spent a lot of time on my impulse control. Mm-hmm. When it comes to babies, I don't have a lot yeah. of impulse control. I want to have one. She's like, you gave, you handed me a baby, now no, impregnate me. Now impregnate me. And Chris is like, I would like to practice said behavior um, without the consequences. So... I would like Smart for, man. I would like for you to have the baby fever. Think you want to have the baby, but then there be no possibility of baby. Yes, no. Because a week later, when I'm off the baby train, when I've stopped chasing that baby dragon, I come down. I'm like, I don't want to do don't, that. Don't don't even think about like, it. Now that James is mostly potty trained, I'm like, ah, diapers. No, I don't. Want Never to, again. I don't want to see another human poop for the rest of my life, if at all possible. Yeah. As in, I could I could definitely go without it. Yeah, Same. I could know I could definitely go without. I know seeing. you two are haven't yet, but would like to. So please don't be scared away by the fact that you have to watch a human poop at some I, point in time. I am the oldest of three brothers. I've had to. He's seen plenty of human poop. <laughs> he's and seen the shit. On that it's note, not the he's, same he's, it he's the seen the shit. He's seen the shit. Yeah. So. Oh no no like. Like, babies are super cute, and they're great to hold for a second, and I love to give them back. Other I have never, I have never been a baby person, and I never will be. Other people's kids are really I, raising, in my opinion, right now. Like, I, like, mm, okay. I never, I never wanted to have kids, and my wife talks me into it, and I'm glad she did, because I got, that I got a great girl, one. That little girl's got you around her tiny little finger. I got a great kid. Yep, no, and I told, I'm not denying that, even for a little bit, that, you know, she gets what she wants from dad. Um... <laughs> Of course, I often have to be mean dad, because Hannah doesn't like being mean mom. Well, Which is fair. It's, it's, it's part of the role I have to take on. That's fine. And I also am scarier than Hannah is. Unless she's doing the the, the talking through her gritted teeth thing. I see. Isabel Victoria, hopefully, is a good jewelry. Oh, yeah. That's a lot like James Douglas roars if you don't get your hand out of your brother's face. <laughs> Chris sent me a picture. The, the mom, the mom gritted teeth voice. Yeah, it's, it's like mean dad voice is, is a, it's a loud boom. It's a you know it's an attention grabber. It's a scare. It's a scare factor. It's a it's a scare. It's a scare thing. That's the picture I got today of one kid hitting the other kid. I'm like, can you send me a proof of life photo? And it is literally James with like an aggressive face grabbing Michael's hand and making him punch himself in the face. Yeah. So yeah, that's the proof you, that your kids are alive. You stopped at one. I think that you stopped at one because James came out and you were like, "Fuck that!" that <laughs> no, actually, that 
I don't know. That's dumb as fuck. You should have done that. <laughs> Actually, Hannah, Hannah and I had the conversation because, like, at first... Because Teddy came out, and Teddy was great for a minute and a half, so I had gotten impregnated again. But then Teddy got the colic, and I was like, oh, fudge beans. No, yeah. I didn't uh, know that they could be worse the second time so around. I, I had colic when I was a baby. And my grandmother oh, too, yeah. never forgets to remind me of, like, the six hours she had to watch me when I was colicky. Because uh, apparently her friends were going to murder me for her. James was oh. a good sleeper. If we hadn't snip snipped Chris, mm-hmm. the third one, I'd been like, oh! We can do another. We can do another. But oh, then, no, no, actually, but no. But then once that kid hit two... No, Hannah, Hannah at oh. first... Had a, she had a terrible pregnancy, so at first it was like, never again. And then it was like, that, then time passed. And, <laughs> like, you got pregnant. I did. And Hannah was like, starting to think, like, maybe. And then we talked about it. And it actually, it, it's gone back and forth maybe a couple times, but every time that it comes, goes to, has gone, ha, had gone to the point of, well, maybe we could do that again. We ultimately, every time, end up at the conversation of, nah, our, our kid is so fucking good. You do really have a good one. Like, this kid is so fucking good. Do you ever watch those guys with dogs, and they just, somebody ended up with a dog that's just so good, that they make it look like a great idea to have a dog? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Izzy's that kid. Izzy's that kid. No, and I, <laughs> like, we got fucking lucky. We hit the kid... Jackpot. I mean, she's still a little shit plenty of times, but we still hit, we hit the kid jackpot, but every time. Yeah, she's a kid. They gotta we, be little we, shit. We get, we get to the point of where it's like, Perfect, we're saying about, we're like, we're like, we think about it and we're like, no. No, is he so fucking When you good? hit a, well, is he, no, is, is, you is, don't re-roll the fucking dice. Well, is he, is he so fucking good? We're like, no, is he so fucking good? You know, the other kid's gonna be, the other kid's gonna be fucking little Damien motherfucker running around lighting shit on fire with his brain. Fucking burning the house down? Like, we will literally give birth to the devil. And you don't want to have favorites. So, if we had gotten pregnant with James, if we had not gotten pregnant with James at the time we did, if Michael had jumped the crib a month earlier, James would not have happened. Because <laughs> once that kid was out of the crib, it was all done. We would have only had one kid. <laughs> Lock it down. He waited long enough to get his little brother... <laughs> And then he was like, all right, he's in there. He's in there. I'm Locking out. Locking it down. I'm out. Locking it down. I'm out of the crib. Um, all right, so, hey, wait. Weird. Wait a second. Aren't we doing a Shakespeare-related podcast uh, here? Uh, not that's, talking about that's our That's the rumor. Not, 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 not talking about our kids being birthed, because we went another almost 20 minutes on a cold Can open. Can you cut some of that? Because nobody needs to hear if that. If I remember. Yeah, we can keep it Do you want another one of these? <laughs> He'll forget no, everything. He doesn't. No, no, ca- no, Cassie. No, he doesn't. <laughs> Cassie's, Cassie's, he does not no, want Cass- another one of those. Those are really good beers. They're very good. What? They're really good. No, Cassie's already been given the look. That I've beer. Seen it. That I've seen okay. It. So the beer I'm talking about. I see it, Cassie. If you weren't there for the first episode of this, I don't know why you're here for the second one. <laughs> Hey, but, maybe it's your first episode. Maybe it's your first time. Welcome, Either way. Shakespeare virgins. Sorry for the 20-minute cold open. My name's Beth Roars. I'm Ryan Hatfield. I'm Cassie Greenlee. You're Brick. 
I'm Chase Greenlee. And the beer I'm talking about is the Reverend by Avery's Brewery. A- Avery Brewing Company out of Colorado. It is a... We have a, a friend who actually has a dog named after this brewery. It is such an amazingly smooth beer, but at a 10%... Shout out Dave Castiano, I know you're not listening. But, but it has like a 10% alcohol, so it totally rocked my world. So I'm slowly drinking a Miller High Life, slowly, to try to maybe super up. But it's still Shakespeare's, so I've got to keep the Shakespeare going. Ryan is taking the other beer away from my grasp because he's smarter than I am. <laughs> no, he's not. But he knows he's got better pulse control than I do. In plus. Yeah. I also have better English at this point than you do as well. The English. But this beer seriously rocked my world. It's super good. I think that the next Beer Brutton Brew Day, I'm taking that and seeing who I can get wasted on it. See how wasted you can get other people? Yeah. I want to slide. But don't, don't do it to me and Rick, because we usually start before everybody else, because we're brewing. I won't do it to you, because I've watched you walk down the street screaming at not people. Eh. You know who else likes to get drunk a lot? That'd be Falstaff. John Falstaff? Woo! Ryan, guys, I'm nice segue. No, no, nice segue. Uh, Look, I'm trying to keep this going. I'm, I'm trying. Over, I'm with you. Over Christmas, did, I listened you know, to some podcasts and I listened to some others. There are really terrible segues to move topics. <laughs> so I'm not alone in bad segues. No, I'm not but, alone in following the tradition. And John Falstaff does like to drink. He does. And he loves to drink and do stupid things. And yes. sleep with whores. So he's bad. I don't sleep with whores. Chris is a whore. He's my whore. Mm. I told him it's not. He's not easy if it's me. <laughs> so John Falstaff in this play. All right. So this play feels a lot like someone trying to tell the continuation of a story, and also trying to bring people in just to watch John Falstaff. Well, and that's the thing is we talked. When we did Love's Labors, we talked about how Shakespeare doesn't do sequels. The exception being this play, Henry IV and Henry VI, which are broken up into They're parts. They're broken up into parts. They were all written together. They were all was- written together. But I feel like the the problem with this is it kind of suffers from what a lot of trilogies suffer from, where your middle segment is just kind of there because you have to have something to bridge one and three. So... I almost, the problem with the construction of this trilogy, being Henry V, being the third, mm-hmm. is that Henry I would be too long if we just included this shit. But there's not enough actual substance for Henry II. And Ryan's going to say, well, they were all written together, so that's why. Well, no, no. What Actually, what I'm going to say is I agree with you that there would not be... It would be way too long to put the events of Henry IV Part Two and Henry IV Part One and make it Did I- Henry IV one play. It would be like fucking Wagnerian. I think you I'm could sorry, do it, you though. You could... Wagnerian? Yes, I, I- did. I, here, let I, okay, I can do ahead. this. Go I can ahead. do this. Henry for one as it stands. Henry for two, you condense down to Northumberland with his rebel band going. We should continue the rebellion, 
Prince John walks in and goes, uh, how about no and I arrest you all for treason? So you're saying... And then, so we just literally cut the first, like... You're saying to stamp it onto the front of Henry V, which no, I... No, 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 she's not. No. She's saying, she's saying take... I'm saying kill Hotspur, go to dad going, oh no, my, my son is dead and that's horrible and I should try to attack the king. But then skip acts... Like two through four. Throw like one false staff scene in there, so he's in the play because you have to yeah. have him. One false staff, and, and just so that you don't. have have Northumberland go. We're going to continue the rebellion. Well, no, you need him for the rebuke, and then have make it like a six John actor. come in. Yeah, then John come in. And go. No, I'm going to arrest you for treason. Then King dies. Then Henry's the king. Then Falstaff gets rebuked, and that's the whole show. And that's the epilogue. You don't even have to have it as part of the... It's the epilogue. Because I I got a subscription to Broadway HD recently, and they have a lot... I know. They have a lot of BBC Shakespeare on there. They've got See, I tried to do it with BritBox, but they don't have nearly as much as I thought they would have. And they have, from the 70s, the one that's split into two parts, but they have one from 1995 that was all of Henry IV collected, but Together, it's about two and a half hours long. Wow! So they really they, so they, 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 they trim, I didn't they watch the trim, whole thing. They had to trim on both sides. They had to. when we were looking at adaptations last month. Mm-hmm. That adaptation wasn't one that we came up with. And when I was looking for adaptations this month, thinking, "Oh, well, it's going to be all the same thing," and a lot of the times it was, except for I saw that 1995 one, which I didn't know existed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also saw that. There is, there's an, oh, Jesus, I just lost it. And actually, honestly. But there's an another a hip-hop musical. <laughs> what? I'm sorry. Is it a hip-hopera? It's a hip-hopera. Much like O was a hip-hop. Okay. Othello, but called Clay. Okay. Exactly. Clay. So, there. I, I assume know. it'll make sense it if you watch it. probably about a guy named Clay instead of Henry. Either way, there, I found. They're not even starting the same letters. They, you're right. They don't. Well, that's terrible then. They, Moving on. Other than the why, there's yeah. not none. The anyway, same way. Moving on. we're saying so, yeah, we're not talking about this anymore. When it I started, when matter. I started looking for Henry the Fourth Part Two adaptations, I found more Henry the Fourth stuff out there where they had all all of all, it together. Yeah, rolled yeah. it into yeah. one. So. You have to trim both sides if you're gonna if you're gonna bring it together and, and make it a, a cohesive length. You have to trim both sides. But then yeah. you have to decide what do you want part one to be about. Do you want it to be about King Henry the Fourth, or are you taking the time to talk? Is it about Falstaff? Henry Henry the Fourth and Henry the Fifth are both about how. Right. Both of those plays are about how Richard the Second is about Bolingbroke. Yeah. Richard II is about Henry IV. Technically, how is Bolingbroke as well? Just saying. I'm going to dump this beer on your head. It's how Please don't. My kitchen will get very sticky. That's true. Very sticky. Um, No, but Richard II is about Henry IV. Henry Henry IV is about how. Yeah. And Falstaff, but how. And then Henry V is about Henry... But we learn we yeah. learn about who Hal is throughout Henry the Fourth Part One with the backboard of Falstaff. 
Like, Falstaff is who we are bouncing well, the that's, character that's, that, Well, that's why you is. have to continue to have Falstaff. You have to, you have to continue to have I, the I, sounding board of Falstaff against Hal. Right, and my, my problem is, I, yes, I agree that if you're going to have it as a continuation, you need to have the same backboard for it to come against, except for so much of Falstaff's appearance in Part 2 has nothing to do with Hal. Oh, no, you can cut... Most of false yeah. staff out. So, it's, like I said, like I said at the end of the the first uh, session here we recorded about this is you can cut every false staff scene out of this play except for the ones where he's with Hal, and it still makes sense. Yeah, I think that's my biggest issue. The play with, still makes sense with four two as a whole. Is I. I feel like you can get rid of half of this play. Yeah. And it won't matter. This... Uh, and I don't feel like that should be true about a play. Get, you can well, get rid of two-thirds and of there, this play. There's so and much of matter. this play that doesn't make... So, what Henry II is for me is going from how to Henry V. Yeah. Right? And that's what it's for. So... There are so many scenes that are just filler, that are just there to be Shakespeare are, being witty. Just, uh, bad, just Well, there's just so adding, many scenes where Henry's not even the rocks. Right, where he's not even mentioned. Yeah. There are scenes at the boar's head where he's not even brought up. Well, no, there, it's, it's seriously, Henry, most of Henry 4 Part 2 is a push-up rock. Yeah. I don't know what a push-up bra is, really. Well, no, you might not. I've never worn one. Yeah, obviously. That's fine. But. Huh? huh? No, alright. So. But that's, but that's what it is. It's, it's a padded bra. It doesn't, you know, there's no substance. It's just there. And so, when we find, and I know we always find things nitpick Shakespeare about. Well, that's, well, that's part of why we do this. Because, you know what? I love like, Shakespeare. I love. This play, I love his I'd rather, words. I'd rather watch this play than watch King John for sure. I, I love his words, but I, I, I love the words in King John, even though the play itself, as a whole, is. If a, Robin Hood had only been in it, I don't know that there's anything in this play though to rival the kid falling off the wall. <laughs> <laughs> like that particular moment of slapstick, I don't feel like this play lives up to. With no, me. I agree. No, oh, he's not dead. He's literally dead right there. On like the literally, I can see him from here. By the way, I have a book for you to read that involves a kid that's dead that they don't want to talk about. It's called Kill the Farm Boy. You mean to? Oh, yeah, I saw you talking about that with Ward today. Delilah S. Dawson, please, make it the next book you read. Oh, the next the next book I'm reading is The Greatest Love Story Ever Told by Nick Offerman and Megan yeah. Mullally. The next book because I'm I got reading it, I got it for Christmas are the from... three superhero books that I have to read for my book discussion in ten days. What superhero uh, books? Oh, it's for another time. I don't know. But no, my, <laughs> wife, my wife is awesome, though, and she got me that book for Christmas. All right. But if you want to hear a silly story about somebody falling off, I do want to read this though. Kill a farm boy. Okay, put it on the list. You love fairy tale tropes. I do. That's all this is. Awesome. So anyway, anyway, back back to this. So it's all all of it. it, It's it's all filler, no killer. That's the problem with it. Until you get to, until you get to the Act Five, until you get to the rebuke scene. Like that's what this. That's what this. The whole play is a lead up to the rebuke, and so you can cut. 
Well, and he's being rebuked for Falstaff, and he's not even with Falstaff. No, Falstaff. No, the rebuke of Falstaff. Oh, yeah. That's fine. That's the whole play. The whole play is the rebuke of Falstaff. And actually, it's considered so important that a lot of productions of Henry V include, include we did. Our we production did. ten years we ago. We did. Kenneth Branagh did. Yeah. They put the rebuke in there? The rebuke of Falstaff is in the Branagh, yes, Branagh yes. Henry V. Because it's it because everybody knows it's the only important part of Henry IV Part Two that you have to have to continue the story. You have to know that Henry Bolingbroke dies and Hal becomes king of England and that he rebukes his old ways and he rebukes Falstaff. And that's all that's all but, that you get yeah, out of I this think, play. I think part of my issue too is that because probably when this is being performed in Shakespeare's day, it wasn't being performed directly on the heels of Henry Part One. There was we, time. We've slipped back. I feel like we rehash in Henry Four Two what we the did. The shit parts of Falstaff in Henry Four One. What we did actually, in Four One because actually, it's very likely though that they were. Because so much of Shakespeare, like, if you look at Restoration Theater and the way it was run, there's usually five repertory plays that were going on at the same time. Yeah. So it's... it's no, but this, this, like, this, the way this rehashes, likely. it feels like it was yeah. the next season. My my problem is, okay, but so likely that this is going to be great week. Um, audio, but... Okay. Wave your arms, yes. <laughs> I will try to Cassie is currently waving her arms. So, in Henry 4-1, if you're talking about Hal as the central figure, you have his growth where he starts off here, not being serious. Slightly low, but not very low. And then as the play goes, he has this growth as he gets the come to Jesus moment with He's his dad that we talked about. He's going up the y-axis, yeah. up the y-axis. And then it <laughs> feels like with this play, because we need to see growth again, he drops back, not down to where he was at the beginning. No, but, but there's he, like, there's there's a, like a, a slight it's, bell curve. Like it's, it's like a, and then he and goes, then he back, goes up. back up. So, so what the you're parabola, is, like it's like a continuous. Yeah, it's not a, a parabola. 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 Nice. It's like he backslides. Parabola. Yeah. Parabola. and and not in a way. Did you just parappa the rapper reference? I did. So he he so backslides, but not in a way that has any payoff to it because yeah. it doesn't feel so like anything is. There's, the there's no critical moment. There's no of impetus it. for the backsliding. So you're saying that the the reason that they have Hal and Ned go into the boar's head and disguise themselves is to pull back the feeling that we had from part of, one. Yes. yes, of oh Hal's back to his old oh, shenanigans. Look, look at him, his shena- yeah, shenanigans. Look at him yeah. playing around with the boar's head crowd again. Yeah, they got mozzarella okay. sticks and all the funny shit on the walls. And I think that there's the a way to do it. Shenanigans. I'm going to pistol whip. <laughs> I think that there's a way to do it where you can kind of. I think you can direct it in a way where you take. This Hal who had the come to Jesus speech and went and was glorious in the war and defeated Hotspur and had that moment with Falstaff where he was disillusioned. And I think you can play it in that scene in Act 2 where he's like, ah, you know, war was really stressful. I kind of want to go back to a simpler time now that things are Let me are go peace. check out so what the guys are doing. Let me go back to the tavern and hang out. Let, let me do it in disguise to see how things are. And then he, I think you can, can direct it to a point where he's like, this isn't what it used to be for me. And. That's not how you said it would be. This sucks. And well, I, and I can't go back to, to do him, this. 
Yeah. He's not getting the it's, same. He, does, the he doesn't same. get the same. He's not the same. He doesn't get the same feel out of it because he is no longer the same. So yeah. if I if I were to direct the Hollow Crown, which eventually some theater out there will let me do, I did not get to do Midsummer's. It's not happening. Apparently, oh. fifteen people on a very small stage is a terrible thing. Well, who knew? No, it is. You you can't do on on yeah, the stage yeah. of the village. You can't yeah. do Midsummer there. Yeah, yeah, I know. Apparently, it wouldn't. You work. can't do Henry V there either. Well, let's just wait until the West Toledo thing that Amy's putting together works. So, if somebody eventually lets me do the Hollow Crown, I'm going to want to sell season subscriptions because I'm going to get people in for one and I'm going to get people in for five. But nobody's going to come. Well, you, well to, to do the whole Hollow Crown, you got to really do all of them. Well, yeah, I'm going to make it a day long extravaganza. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, no, no, I'm saying you got to you got to do Five. The second five five shows five months is my thought. Okay, so so are you gonna do? Are you gonna do Richard the second? May, June, July, August, September. May, June, July, August, September. Yep. So are you doing Richard the second, or are you doing? I'm gonna do Richard the second. Okay, so Richard the second, Henry four one, Henry four two. Yep. Henry five. Henry five. And then Richard the third. You're skipping Henry the fourth. No. Or Henry the sixth. You're gonna skip Henry VI? You yeah. can't skip Henry VI. No, I'm skipping it. You can't. <laughs> nope. Henry Henry the Sixth. I'm sorry, Ryan. The Reverend says I'm skipping it. I'm skipping it. No, Henry <laughs> VI. One with Henry VI. Henry the Sixth Part One. I, okay. I want to do the five. I don't want to do the six. I want to do five. I don't want to do the six. Henry Henry the Sixth Part. I just got them out of order. Henry Ryan, Sixth. Ryan T. Hathill. I'm gonna cunt punch you to the there's moon. No T in my name. Anywhere. Like, Leave me alone. Legitimately, no T's in my name. <laughs> Leave me alone. But no, Henry Henry Six Part One and Part Two, which we'll get to, and Part Three. Henry Six Part One and Part Two are similar garbage to what we're dealing with with Henry. I think you can do just You need you need Henry Six Part Three because it's the start Tell of Richard the Third. If the theater's gonna approve it, they're gonna approve Henry four, one, four, two, and five. That's uh, yeah, what they're gonna do. Yeah, yep. I'm Those not gonna be shows. able to talk somebody into Richard Second and all of the rest of this shit. Uh, because without, they're gonna, without cuts, without they're, major cuts. They're going to go, uh, our theater goers really like it when they can understand what's going on, and Shakespeare doesn't do it for them. That, or that's the wrong thing. Like, how about, how about, how about this? If, if people, we'll throw if people, arsenic and the old lace in there, and you can do <laughs> Bat Boy or something. <laughs> we'll be fine. Five shows. There you no, go. If, if people can't understand Shakespeare, it is. It it's is, the director's it, fault. No, no. If people can't understand Shakespeare, it's their choice. Shakespeare is not difficult to understand. I feel that if you walk out of a Shakespeare production and you don't know what the fuck just happened, it's the director's fault. I believe it's also on the audience. Well, the audience has to watch it. The audience actively. has to part. The audience has to be active. But in it's their- your job as the director to bring it from just like. The thou thou the thou thou the thou the thou thou because that's what it sounds there's, like. There, to but the, but there's there's realistic people say there's a lot of these and thous in Shakespeare. There's not. All right. How many times have you done Shakespeare and had the director say to you, "All right, Ryan, I understand that it's important for you to know exactly every word and every syllable that comes out of your mouth, but it is more important for that audience to understand the intention." Of every syllable that comes out of your mouth. 
I've never had a director tell me that was Shakespeare. Oh, really? That's usually how I start. Intention is more important. You've, no, you've never directed me in Shakespeare, but Inten- that's how... I think, I think intention is more important no, but that's, than that's you how, getting okay. the words right. But, okay, no, I approach, I approach Shakespeare from an intentional standpoint as an actor. But the words are incredibly important. The words are. I important. will. I won't get the words wrong. No, but if you if if it comes down to you're trying to figure out what you're saying, we do. We've done when you when I directed you with Shakespeare, it was we did line throughs and line throughs and line throughs. But let's also do a meaning through. Like, what the fuck does this mean? Oh, what no, am I no, saying? That, that's the incredibly, is it's incredibly important. important. So the if the director the hasn't taken the moment to the do, intention is not more important than the words. I will disagree with you every second of every day that you try to tell me the intention is more important than the words. The words are important, incredibly important. Yes, you have to have the intention yes. with the words, but the, the intention is not more important than the words. The words mean nothing without intention. I will agree with you there. But the intention means nothing without the words either. I think that there are, like, to an audience... Not to the craft, but to the audience. There are like maybe in each play twenty lines. Yeah, but then that's not Shakespeare anymore. It's that it's well. I'm not saying that you have to throw out the Shakespeare words, but I want you to get the intention more. Like if you skip a the. Yeah, but if you skip it, you skip a the in any play. That's not that's not the thing. The words are as. Equally as important. But if you don't intention. understand no, the, the words are, behind the words, the then words, you're doing the words, wrong. the words are equally as important as the intention. You cannot. I'm have, saying it's a sixty forty. No, the intention is not more important than the words. This you're, is done. You're We're wrong. done. We're over. We're done. <laughs> you're completely wrong. Cassie just looked at me and gave me this like, "Why? Would you? Can you stop this?" <laughs> All right. So where were we? What were we talking we're, about? Well, you know, what? we're gonna, well, we're gonna go ahead. Oh, are we doing this now? It's that time. It is that time. We haven't talked about an actual Shakespeare play in a while. Well, because, well, this is, this is, this is the, to, uh, you know, because Beth was just so wrong, we need to break it up a little bit. Uh, Um, it's time for everybody's favorite game on the Shakespeare podcast. I needed to know that just if I'm silent doesn't mean that I agree that I'm wrong. It just means I'm done fucking arguing with you stupid butt face. My everybody's favorite game on the Shakespeare podcast. Make Cassie drink this beer. So today's beer is... Today's beer for Cassie. I actually purposely, while choosing beers to bring tonight, I purposely chose a beer that I thought was most likely, most the most likely beer I could find for Cassie to enjoy. So this is from Oddside Ales. It is their passion fruit mango fruit sickle. And it is quite delicious. I had one earlier, uh, while we were gearing up to do, uh, last episode. Oh, she sniffed it. She's looking at the can as if it's going to bite her. It's a mimic. To be fair. (laughs) It is a mimic. It's going to turn into a monster. To be fair, I did make her drink the worst beer I've ever had. Was it last? Yes. It yes, was. you what did. Was, what you was it? Was it? I don't know, but it was very it was, badly. It was bad. It was bad. Cassie okay. is very afraid because of it. I like everything except the part where I can taste beer. Oh, well, ignore that part and drink it again. Yeah, take another sip. Take a chug. What's a chug? I would drink? take a second sip of this. Ooh! You got a second it's sip. the greatest! Yes, Cassie took two sips. It's not horrible. 
Cassie took two sips of a beer. Not horrible. It would be better if there was all the stuff that it has in it without the beer. You just want a smoothie? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Generally speaking, yes. All right. But, but I don't I feel this, I, I don't feel the need to go like drink a ton of water right I, now I to get the taste is, out I, of my mouth. I, I count this as a to fucking be fair, win. Yeah. Last, I, I just won this game. You did. You did. Yeah. La- I last, won. Last month I made you drink straight cat piss, though, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. It was garbage. You made. You I made can't her even, drink. I can't even remember what beer it was. But you I, made you made Cassie drink. Cat piss mixed I with believe, hot garbage. I believe my, my phrase was it tasted like a skunk had sprayed my mouth. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Cat piss mixed with hot garbage was what you made her drink last month. So I made don't, it up to her. Yeah. Don't ever drink IPAs. If somebody okay. tells you, hey, it's an IPA, everybody loves yeah. that. Be like, I don't. No, they don't. Can I have a no. smoothie instead? <laughs> I, made, I made it up to Cassie. I yes, brought- okay. That was, that was a... a uh, so close to palatable. Two, two Rating on the curve. <laughs> yeah. Plus. On, yeah. on the curve. That's an A plus. Well, that's an A plus. There was a double. It was a two sipper. Liner notes. It was a two sipper. So this one's going in the liner notes. Yep. We're going to talk about the odd side ales, passion fruit, mango, fruit sickle. Two sips from Cassie, which is equally. That's like five thumbs up from Roger Ebert. <laughs> that would be like me slamming three beers in one hour and a half session. This is that is the greatest praise a beer can get. <laughs> All right, on this podcast, two sips on the Cassie scale. So, so let's let's go back to the. Point. All right, so let's go back to what we're actually talking about. But I am so, so we, happy I just won this game. We pinned earlier. Um, we did. We did put a pin. We, in we put a pin in. I mean, we touched on it a little bit, but in Henry's. Transition from Prince Hall. Dimmer, okay. Dimmer switch versus okay. light. Dimmer okay. switch versus this light. Is, switch. We, put, we put a pin in Harold Bloom, and I do. Yeah. I I do not believe that there's a light switch moment. Yeah. I don't think it's. I don't. I don't uh, feel that. I it's, think. I think actually we're all in. And I think if there but, is, you're doing it wrong because I I feel like so for anybody's character growth, if it's ever just like a sudden light switch moment, then you haven't done character right. growth well. Right. Um, so Harold, Except for in very specific instances. Like, there can be, there can be a moment, there can an be event that moments, is, yes. but you have it, to have built to it at least slightly. Well, actually, a lot of times the way I, where I put a light switch moment is not at the end of the growth. The light switch moment is the beginning yeah. of the growth. So, But in this, I, I think we're all in agreement. It's more yeah. of a, a slowly the light is turned to brightness. It's like... The light is very dim, and slowly throughout, it turns up. So, yeah. through, throughout my education and the readership I have for Critical Theory, Harold Bloom is my favorite. Um, he is my favorite crusty old white guy. I have had a large love for him. Um, he wrote Lady the, Boner. Lady Boner. He wrote The Invention of the Human, which if, Cassie, if you've never read it, I'm going to let you know. <coughs> both, we both have copies of it. It's a tome. It's a tone. Oh, yeah, it's it's this thick. It's huge. It would stop your car from rolling down a hill. But it really goes into how Shakespeare invented how we see ourselves. So it's, in, an, it's an incredible it's an incredible book. In 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 a lot of the books I've read from him, um, one of my favorites is How We Read and Why. He references the Henrys. Um in the And he does love he does love Henry 4-1 and 4-2. So he thinks these are the greatest of Shakespeare's plays. He does not ever speak of them, though, as separate entities. 
Always one. So when we're when I look at these plays as month one, month two, this is what we did last month, this is what we're doing this month. It's very I truly, hard. I truly it's very hard to read them together as one, though, and we have to. But I truly, I do truly consider this actually like our first four-part episode. We just recorded it twice. So, but at the same time, you're never going to sit down in a theater and see both plays put on stage at the same time. No, unless you do it the right way, which is you you trim the fat off of four one and you cut. For too heavily, and you stage them together, and you put the rebuke of Falstaff at the beginning of Henry V. But that's not how Shakespeare wrote it. I agree, but I I'm so, allowed to disagree with Shakespeare sometimes. So when Harold Bloom is talking about it, he's talking about these plays in a very literary context, and I will agree as far as readability, these plays Super have readable. have a better readability. Than almost all of the rest of him. So how many times have we come and be like, wow, this play was really difficult to read, but it was great to see on stage this one time, or I saw it directed this one way and it was great. But um, Cassie's concerned about the amount of alcohol Chase has consumed this evening. I'm just asking for you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Did you? She had a look on her face. Well, she wanted. I'm good at reading. I'm good at reading. It was a silent look. It wasn't necessary for the microphone. Oh no, it had to. It had to come out. The look said, "Did you make it to the toilet?" Or did you? Or did you puke on the bed? <laughs> it is a shorter walk. <laughs> the bed is closer to, to the bed. Yes. Okay. <laughs> we did make you. Okay, those Reverend, the Reverend Ailes are. I'm gonna take the last one home with me, <laughs> so it's not here. It's, Thank you. It's potent. It's good yeah. stuff. It's but great. I, I do have to say that it I think like Andy. I consume higher ABV alcohol fat better than uh, the rest of these people. Of apparently. the Shakespeare that I have read in my lifetime, I think that Henry's character growth from start to finish is one of the most satisfying yes. journeys of character growth that I have read in Shakespeare. And it doesn't stop here, though. I will, but no, I, and it continues but, through Henry V. Through Henry V. If we are just looking at who he was at the beginning of part one and the end of part two, at the beginning of part one, you know what he's supposed to be, and you know he's not doing it, and you want to kind of reach out and smack him in the back of the head. You want, yeah, you do. Yeah, in and Henry IV, you're like... At the end of part two, he is where you wanted him to be, based on who you wanted to smack in the head. Like, if, otherwise, if you didn't have that smack in the head moment in part one, if in part two, the guy who helped, like, bring him up on the streets and helped him through some hard times, he just told to get the fuck out, you'd be like, come on. Yeah, don't be a dick to John Falstaff. Yeah. Yeah, why But Falstaff fucking deserves it. But the beginning... And I love, look, I love Sir John. I do. So, first Boris had seen to last scene inside with Falstaff and Hal... In, in the court litigation style, is Clarence a, Thomas is a beautifully satisfying. It's, it's an art. It's Thomas it's a, Thomas of Clarence. Clarence Thomas is about to litigate. It's a beautifully satisfying arc. It really is, and we get to see. No, it some, is. It's wonderful. We do get to see some hilarious moments where they mm-hmm. dress up in bandits in bandits yeah. clothing and go rob Falstaff or dress up as a bard. That nobody can tell who they are because of the yeah. fake mustaches. But I, it's very satisfying, like arc of character growth. And I've got an interesting relationship with mm-hmm. this story for a weird reason. Um, when I, I was, I love weird reasons. 
when I was in high school, late middle school, early high school, I don't remember exactly how old I was. I was in a, took a devising class with my dad and I decided to play a character who had a hard time differentiating between the fictional worlds from the books she read and the real world. And so she always, when she would talk to people, it was, she thought they were characters from the books. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so my dad wrote the script for that and kind of took that idea and ran with it and focused a lot on like his favorite stories. And so I was envisioning like, I'm going to talk about Harry Potter all the time. And instead I was talking a lot about Lord of the Rings and a lot about Henry and Falstaff. I, I mean, I hate to break it to you, but Lord of the Rings is better than Harry Potter. We're going to have an entire podcast that's just that debate, so I can tell you how wrong you are, but I'm not going to do it now. Um, but the, look, but look, I, I would, I was, the as this character, start off as, slow. as Honey, this character, I was, okay, guys, we're not doing that right now. <laughs> Shakespeare. I love you, Cassie. <laughs> Shakespeare. But, but, Beth is headbutting me right Beth now. Beth headbutt you a whole bunch. To, to stop herself. Shakespeare. From arguing with Cassie. Shakespeare. I'm sorry. That was my fault. I, I unleashed anyway. that. I unleashed that because I knew, I knew what it would do to Beth, and I am sorry. I haven't said a damn word. No, but she wants to fuck some shit up. Okay, so sorry. Back to Shakespeare. Anyway. No, and Falstaff and Henry. Yes. And, and so, I, you know, I just remember being like 13 years old. And getting this script, and I'm like, Dad, what am I? What am I talking about? What in the fuck? Who are these people? What is this from? Oh, what do you think the intent of what was what was being said was important? No, she just needed to know who they were about. Oh, okay. (laughs) And so so that was like that was kind of my first introduction to those characters. Was Dad's like it's from Shakespeare? It's from the the Henry plays. I was like, oh, okay, whatever. Because you 13. still had no idea. Yeah, because I still of, didn't know. But that's well, always you been you didn't kind know of historically. You didn't yeah. know historically who the hell Henry Henry V was. Yeah, so I had like or the, the, the barest or... the barest minimum understanding as I was making these comments about. Oh yeah, we're worried about. Are you worried about your son and Falstaff? Like as I was talking to some. The president, I think, was a character in this play and a Secret Service agent, and they kept getting confused. I don't know. It was crazy hijinks because it was a devising class, but no, um, no, some high and, literature made its way in. But no, and and it's incredibly important. Like the the Henry the Fourth is a like great coming of age transition for yeah. No, it really is for the character of Hal and. He is Hal in Henry Four Part One. At the beginning of Henry Four Part One, he is one hundred percent Hal. At the end of Henry Four Part Two, which is where we are now, he is one hundred percent Henry. Mm-hmm. And there is a huge, a huge gap between Hal and Henry. Mm-hmm. And. You know, it, it's incredibly important because in Henry V, he's not how. He's never how. He's never how. Well, the, without how, the connection to the common man that comes across in the Agincourt speech doesn't appear. Well, no, he needs, okay, he needs to have been how. 
but he also needs to have to not be Hal any longer. It, it, it's important that he was Hal. Yeah. It's incredibly important that he was Hal. But it's also incredibly important that he's no longer Hal, because Hal would be the shittiest king. He'd be worse than King John. Yeah. Mm. When I remember, so I took Stephanie Gehart's Shakespeare class. King John. Yeah. Um, Who everybody did except for me. Well, the funny thing is, is I one of my friends from college dated Stephanie Gearhart back when he was in college with Stephanie it's, Gearhart. It's true. When we talked about, I remember talking to her in class about Beautiful Kids. She's like, I helped start that. That's still going? I'm like, yes. That's not what she sounds like. She sounds incredibly mature and as if she probably has all of the wisdom. She doesn't, she doesn't listen to this, I bet. It doesn't matter. I've mentioned it to her. I hope she does. Like, it'd be great. Um, but and, you know, the funny thing is, is, I don't know Stephanie. She's amazing. But you I feel only, like you know Stephanie. Well, no, I only know of Stephanie. The funny thing is, is I know... you know that she's probably the smartest woman on the planet with the best boots in the world? I know, I know, I know of Stephanie from people that went to college with her. Mm-hmm. And then I know of Stephanie from people who took classes from her. But I fell, like, right in that gap. Yeah. In, in between when she went to college. Because... Because there are, I have friends that are her college friends. And then I have friends who are her college, like, are students of hers. Alexa. Did Alexa just get on that? Echo, stop. Alexa got that shit. So basically, no, like, Echo, wanted, Echo wanted to interrupt you so we could get back to the point. But it's hilarious that I, I have I am friends with some of her college friends, mm-hmm. and I am friends with some of her college students. Yes, but I took her Shakespeare class, and we talked about Henry V, and she did a screening of the Kenneth Branagh version. And it's, it, I love the which Kenneth is Branagh version, and we're going to talk about it a lot when we get wonderful. to Henry V. Yeah, but but it. One of the things that I, I think I wrote a reflection paper for her on was what you were talking about with he needs to have been Hal and he needs to have that connection, which I felt like Branagh really did well. He understood. Because there's a scene with some of his old pals and they become traitors and they get hung. And Branagh brought that to life in I'm not Bardolph. just... Yeah, it was Bardolph. And it's like, I'm not just a king who had to deal with this... You know, subject, this guy was my friend. He was my friend. Yep. It's Bardolph. Yeah. Yep. And it's it's a really powerful moment. Yep. And I haven't played Henry V. Yeah. I yeah, it's um no, and I, I can't wait to get into that when we get to there. Um but yeah, it's incredibly important. Hal is so incredibly important to who Henry is that you 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 can't you can't get rid of four one no but you can get rid of a lot of four two because yes. Hal isn't in it and neither is Henry four it's and like there's so much of the play is just John Falstaff being John Falstaff and you know, you guess great I fucking love John Falstaff he's so much fun I would love. To fucking dick around the stage for two goddamn plays as John Falstaff. Because who wouldn't? How much fun are you going to fucking have? You're going to have a great fucking time. 
Until the end of fucking Act 5. Yeah. But it it leaves you wondering with a lot of this play with Henry Fortu of who is this actually about? Like who is supposed oh, to be? A, it's not about anybody. Who That's is this problem. supposed to be to be focusing on? And I think that because there's not really a focal character who's consistently there, but there's also not like a focal plot piece of action driving anything forward. No, the whole thing no just plot. feels untethered. Yeah. And you talk about stories need to be either plot driven or character driven, and this isn't. Either. No, because the characters go like this, in a circular motion, they just swirl around, Yeah, and the plot goes like, and it stops, because the plot is unimportant. This this has no real plot. Yeah, because Prince John shuts it down and like... Oh, Prince John's like, on top of it, Johnny on the spot, it's fucking over, there's no... Real. Yeah, it's like you spend the whole play building up this supposed rebellion, and then Prince John's just like, and I'm arresting all and of you. And Prince John so walks well in like Judge Dredd, and he's like, it's over. And then he gets carded. But not not Judge Dredd like Sylvester Stallone Judge Dredd, because he's... But more, like, what, Urban... Carl like Urban Judge Dredd. He doesn't take the helmet off. Judge Dredd doesn't take his helmet off. But I, I think right. that... I think that the reason... Because I feel like Henry V is one of the most popular characters. He really is. And I think it's because it's such it's, a it's, great redemption story. Well, and it's it is, so it is, relatable. And it's, yeah, it's so relatable. And it's what we all want to believe we're capable of. You know, we it's had... the same reason Peter Parker and Spider-Man are so relatable. Because you know Peter Parker. Yeah. You know that kid. You know Prince Hal. You know him. You've been yeah, him. Yeah. You, like, you used to faff around and get in trouble with your friends. And then... Like, and then he, you stepped up he and he became an adult. stepped up and he led an army and he was this, you know, revered... King and he and, delivered and the greatest you, yeah. speech in the English Between, language. All right, when we talk about the two Henrys there of of Henry of Prince Hal versus Hotspur, we understand Prince Hal. We've done Prince Hal. We don't understand Hotspur. Well, no, I understand Hotspur, but that's because everybody knew a Hotspur. Nobody wanted to be Hotspur. Everybody knew a Hot. You're Hotspur. I'm Hal. You're Hotspur. But I think everybody, can, everybody, James, nobody, are you gonna let him talk to you like that? Nobody, nobody wanted to be Hotspur. Everybody, like, everybody knew a Hotspur, like that asshole mm-hmm. kid. I used to follow Peter Crouch in the Tottenham Hotspurs. <laughs> That's soccer for you, kids. <laughs> and Chase is asleep. It's true, which yep. means that it's probably that time. Chase, you can't be asleep. You have to run the computer. <laughs> All right, so a couple of things that I've noticed about this play, just to bring it a wrap up. Yeah, so yeah, Ch- yeah. Chase is only asleep, not because this play is boring, because but because good. Chase is drunk. Yes. My bad. <laughs> the, was the Reverend? Did the Reverend get you? The Reverend did not help. The, the Reverend, reverend got him. But well, he also chased it with a tall boy of Petoskey Horning Monk. And, and he did have one of these odd side fruit sickles. So I'm just gonna throw it out there. It's been a long week in the banking world. Yes. It's been I've been long, up since five o'clock this morning. It's, it's been crazy. A couple of weeks. So I have no doubt that he's a little done. So let's Cassie this is the worst that Cassie has ever looked at me and like like what did you do to my husband? So let's, I know, let's, sir. Oh yeah, I know. I know. It's it's more of a concern. 
It's more concerned um, looks I'm getting from Cassie. I just, there, there's a reason in the last rare. hour and a half I've taken maybe a sip and a half of beer as opposed to drinking yeah. actual another one because I need to go home and try it at some point. It's just, it's rare that the bulk of the conversation is between me and Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> Look, the Reverend didn't help stuff. The Reverend helped nothing. No, but I think I I do think that you and I had some great conversation no, about this about did. this play. I'm sorry, I was quiet. All right, so <laughs> no, I but do I want to wrap but, up a couple of things. There are things I've noticed. Normally, how did you notice anything through your beer goggles? I noticed that you're a dickhead. <laughs> so that's true. A couple of things I've noticed. Normally, during this second episode, we spend a lot of time talking about plot and theme. And we spent a lot of time coming up with some main pull-throughs. There aren't those for this play. And I think that fact that there isn't a driving theme mm-hmm. is probably what makes all, all of us just go, And it is a... The, well, the, best thing, the best thing you can do for this play is attach it to... Henry IV needs to just be one play. Yes. The best thing you can do... Is trim the fat out of four one, yeah, and then cut like a fucking like a butcher, just fucking destroy this play because if, cut out most of it. If you make Henry four one play, this play is as much of a powerhouse as Henry five. Yeah, oh, definitely, because there are some beautifully quotable moments in this play. Some there's wonderful some, ones. There's yeah. some wonderful words. There are some beautiful words in this play. That deserve to be heard, and Henry Four Part Two has some beautiful lines in it that deserve to be there, but the bulk of the play does not. Yeah. And like I said, if you, you, you okay, so you trim, trim Henry Four Part One down to three acts. Yeah. Trim it. Just trim it. You can just pull a scene here, pull parts of scenes, trim it down to about three acts. Trim. Henry for two down to two acts. Mm-hmm. You need a couple. You need, you need the scene. You need the scene where they they plot in the beginning. You know the the conspirators. Yeah, yeah. You need the scene where Hal where there where Falstaff's in the bar and then Hal shows up. You need that. You need Prince John. You need Prince John shutting everything down. You need the death scene. You need, you need the, the death scene, scene and you need the rebuke. You need like. Four, maybe five scenes out of this play stuck into four one. Mm-hmm. So you gotta trim four one down just enough to yeah. make it so you're still running about two and a half, three yeah. hours. And then the play becomes about It becomes fucking amazing. It becomes Henry V's growth into Henry V, and then you go into the play. And then the you go into you go into the play and Henry Fine. You said originally these plays were written together as one long continuation. And that's the problem sometimes, too. So, now, was it divided at some point and then he added a, like, rumor and epilogue? To I'm sure, I'm sure that what happened was he wrote, he wrote it all together. And then he's like, hey, I got this play. It's about Henry the Fourth, And it was seven acts long. And the King's John's men... <laughs> we're like, fuck you, we're not doing a seven-act play. Yeah, You're not just... fucking Yo- <laughs> Johannes Wagner, who came later in life. I get that. Was... No, you're right. Norton, Norton thinks they were written separately, but... 
Well, Nor- hey, you know what? Norton can think that. I disagree. That's, that's but- fair. Norton can be wrong about things. I, I, I am allowed to disagree with Norton. I do respect that their- Abrams guy. He's always writing weird shit. I do, I do respect their, I do respect their, uh, their knowledge and ability. But I think they were originally written together and then separated. And then 4-1 was added to, and 4-2 was heavily added to. Yeah. Heavily. Because a lot of John Paul stuff is super... 4-2 was heavily beefed. Yes. Like, they added, they padded, padded 4-2. So, I know that the the whole bit about, like, Mary Wives of Windsor was written because Queen Elizabeth really liked Falstaff and wanted to play about Falstaff and said, write me more Falstaff. Having hijinks and shenanigans and, you know. It's, it's not John Falstaff. Right. And I feel like, like that maybe... His character is John... The character is yeah. John Falstaff, but it is not John Falstaff. But I feel like that might be what we get into with it's part Henry of what we get to in Henry 4, two, four part two, yes. Is yeah. Falstaff was such a popular character that they're like, well, we'll just write more Falstaff Pat, Pat in. Pat it in. Pat it in. Yep. Even though it doesn't really have a place and it's not serving a purpose. But yeah, so I think the conclusion we've come to with this discussion is that Henry IV should just be one play. It would be a powerhouse awesome play. Oh, I would love to do... Pack and, huge like, I would love to do my cut of 4-1 and 4-2 together and Henry V. I would, I would yeah. do that. I would love it. It'd be amazing. We yeah. should start a theater company and do that. We should. We have a theater company. It's called Lion Face Productions. Sure oh. Show. Okay. Okay. So I would. I know. I would. I would. In a heartbeat, I would love to do that. And you know, like I said, this is the tenth anniversary. You know, this year is the tenth anniversary of doing Henry V. Um, and I'm looking forward to when we do talk about Henry V, which will not be our next set of episodes. We'll be skipping something, uh, skipping to something other than a history. Yes. Because you've had to listen to four episodes straight of us talking about Henry. So we're going to give you a little bit of a break, so we'll figure out what we're going to do next. Let's but, do a comedy. Mm, ooh, or a tragedy. Those are the two options. Well, no, there's comedies, tragedies, romances, and histories. So there's four, kind of. Let's do a comedy. All right, Beth wants to do a comedy. We'll figure that out. But let's do the comedy. I think I I definitely agree with I I definitely agree with Cassie that we have a consensus on this, and you know, as as does come up sometimes when we're talking about this stuff, we. We love Shakespeare, otherwise we would not be doing this. Mm-hmm. So even when we downplay a Shakespeare play's worth, we still love it a lot. But just because just because we love Shakespeare does also does not mean that we cannot find fault with Shakespeare. Right. He he is the playwright. He's the bard. But everybody makes mistakes. And except for me. Especially Beth. And padding out Henry Four Part Two was a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's probably it for uh this episode. I think so too. Mm-hmm. Uh cha- uh Chase has been our especially quiet <laughs> producer tonight. I got you drunk, son. You did. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love it. Alright. So yeah, this has been uh Shakespeare I'm never... episode thirty two? One thirty two. Either way, I'm never drinking the Reverend again. 
Holy dicks, sir, we're in the 30s. Only special occasions. Mm-hmm. Like, occasions uh, no, yeah, this is episode... Uh, I don't have to this talk. This is episode 32 of the Shakespeare podcast. Holy hell. We made it into... We made it into the 30s. Absolutely. I'm we're, Cassie Greenley. I'm Chase Greenley. I'm Beth Roars. And I am Ryan Hathill. Say goodnight, John Boy. Good night, John Boy. Good night, John Boy. What? What? Oh.